0: So here's here's the reality, okay? And um, we're just gonna get right to it. Amen. Acts chapter sixteen, um, and I'm gonna be. Then we'll look at. Um, you don't have to stand. I know you would, but I'm gonna just kind of go all over the place. Um, Act sixteen, and then I want to go immediately to Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight. Rafe, you're in trouble. Trevor's gonna get you. <laughs> Um, and we're just going to be a lot of places um, tonight. Amen. Um, and I don't, we just trust the Lord. I'm not a very good teacher, I don't claim to be. Um, but I'm going to just trust the Lord to help us teach tonight. Amen. And possibly next Wednesday night and maybe some more Wednesday nights. Um, but we have to know our enemy. Amen. We just have to know our enemy. And we have to know the way that the enemy is, is moving. And, and for some reason, um, you I know we're being recorded Facebook Live. This is not an arrogant thing um, whatsoever. But the Lord has trusted us, you, um, to deal with the dark realm, the demonic realm. He just has. He has brought them here and is bringing them here. And so I, I know that many of you weren't here um, Saturday morning when Brother Sanchez was preaching, but he made such a statement that day, and he made it the day before we were, um, we were at lunch, and I said, Brother, you got to share that. Um, you have to share that whenever you teach, if you will. So I may just use these, these bottles right here. Um, this may be, make it a little more real. So both of these have oil in them, right? This bottle has oil, and this bottle has oil. But if both of these bottles were full, which one would be full? (laughs) They both would be, right? But how many times would we look at this bottle and say, this bottle's full, but this bottle isn't, even though both of them were full? Because we compare what they look like on the outside other than what's on the inside. And so if you're a young Christian and you're full, then guess what? You're full. And here's what he went on to say. Like the pastor, a lot of times people will look at the pastor's responsibility and say, well, I want what they got. Well, it takes this bottle a whole lot longer to get full than it does this bottle. Amen. And so what he was saying was, if we can get the church, amen, let's, let's, the pastor's here. Thank God for the pastor. But there's a lot of responsibility in the pastor, He said, but if we can get the church, all these little vessels, all right, it's a whole lot easier to get these filled up. Which one's going to overflow first? These. So if we can get the church in line and quit trying to be this, quit trying to get this to be this, then guess what will happen? These little bottles will start overflowing, and if we can get this bottle, this bottle, this bottle, you may look like this, and that's all right too. But if we can get all these vessels filled up to overflow, what's going to happen? You won't be waiting on the pastor to get filled up last to take care of everything, amen? This little bottle is just as important when it's full as this bottle, amen? And this bottle overflows quickly, quicker, and so what's gonna make the bigger impact sooner? This bottle, amen? But so many times we we, we keep looking at this and we hide behind this. Here's this bottle, we try to hide behind the pastor. Well, it's not always the pastor's responsibility to deal with everything in the church, The pastor can't deal with every darkness and demon that's in the church. It's time that the church tap into the authority that Jesus has given you. He said that we would all, amen, that we would all, what, trample on scorpions, amen, and serpents. He's given us all the authority and the power to do that. And so this has to quit hiding behind this and know that you have authority and power, amen. Even this bottle is bigger, but if I put it behind there, guess what, it can't be seen either. But here's what the beauty of the church looks like. Amen. I was thinking this week, and I've said this, I've made this statement before, but I'll guarantee you the vessels that were in that widow's house weren't all the same size. They weren't all the same color. They weren't all the same shape. Because when the prophet came, he just said, go to all your neighbors all the neighbors didn't look alike all the neighbors didn't believe alike the prophet just said go to all your neighbors and borrow vessels and borrow not a few few he said borrow empty vessels so there's no telling what some of them vessels looked like i bet them neighbors got to run and why do you think i bet they got to run because they were under the authority of God Almighty you go empty out your house and if there's an empty vessel let's go to that widow's house amen it just said go borrow empty vessels and borrow not a few. So I wonder if it looks something kind of like this. And so here's a, the beautiful picture of the church, different size, shapes, colors, made out of different things, personalities. But what's in them all? The same oil. The same oil is in every one of them. And so we just have to know what is the same use of all of these. It's the same. Amen. For anointing, we pray one for another. Just because you pick this bottle up don't mean anything. Amen? They're all for the same use. And so that's what we have to understand, and that's what I want us to see tonight is that you all matter. Your gift is important. Your life is important. Your, 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 what am I trying, your supply that you bring, what every joint supplies, your supply matters to make the body function correctly. Amen? So your matter, your supply matters. The joint that you are, it matters. Amen? Somebody say, I matter to the Lord. I matter to the body of Christ, no matter if you're brand new, no matter if you got saved tonight during worship, you matter, amen, no matter if you've been saved 158 years, that person that got saved a minute ago is just as important as you, amen, I promise you, he's just as important as you, amen, and let me tell you this, the person that's lost that ain't came yet, guess what, they're just as important too. Amen. And the people that's been a distraction in the church, this demon possessed, guess what? They're important too. Let me say this before I start tonight. Those people that's come in that has been a distraction, they're not our enemy. They're not our enemy. Please know that. Don't look at them like they are our enemy. Because I'm going to just say some things tonight of distractions that's been in this church in the last month or so. But it don't mean that I'm mad with these people because there's something in them that's working against the working of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's something working in them against the Holy Ghost. And I even talked to some people earlier and said, you know, what, some of these people don't even know they're under the influence of witchcraft. Right. <laughs> they think they're operating in the Holy Ghost. But there's a thing. There, there, there's something deeper within them, and I believe some of these could even have spells cast upon them. Brother Lamont was in Africa. He had a spell cast upon him. He couldn't preach. But the moment he left that town where Christopher Toondway was, he could open his mouth and preach again. Is that right, brother? There was a spell cast on him. Is that correct? You could, that's all he could do. He couldn't talk until he preached. There you go. That's what it was. The moment he got up in the anointing and he could preach, but then he couldn't talk any other time. Amen. That's what happened to him in Africa because there was witches across the road casting them spells upon him. The last time we were in Colombia, Rafe was there. And, and we'd never seen witches there before until we built that church. The moment we built the church, there was witches everywhere. And they, they were going by, Rafe was preaching, stuff started hitting the roof of that church, And Pastor Hernando came and said, witches everywhere. We all got sick. My fever went to 104. Everybody got sick. We couldn't even move. I mean, it was like we were paralyzed. Because I believe them witches were coming by, casting spells, throwing blocks and rocks and everything else on top of the roof. You know, them witches were just, that's what they do. And so do you think that everybody that's trying to live right thinks that they're under the influence of the enemy? Not always. Sometimes maybe there are family members that are bound by these things and that have cast spells upon them, amen, because the enemy has power. There's a few things I want to say tonight is the enemy has gifts too. <laughs> the devil has gifts too. How do you know that, Pastor? We'll read Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4. Did not Satan take Jesus all the way up to the top of that mountain and said, I'll give you all of this? Know this, he is the little G God of the world, amen. And so he has power in this world. He has gifts. Amen. So Satan has gifts. Satan has authority in the world. He don't have our authority as Christians and as believers as in, in the blood, but Satan has authority. Satan has people that work for him. He has demons. He has witches. He has sorcerers. He has, he has wizards. He has people that are on his side that are against the church, and you better know that where there's life, that he's going to send people in to try to bring that life down. Amen? He, he just is. And so I just, I want to, because I know, that, I know that there has probably been some, there's been some things going on. And so please know that when I teach tonight, I'm not talking about any one person, okay? But there have been some things, and how many of us know that the scripture says the confusion is not of God. And so if any of you have left a service in the last month and a half and you said, man, why didn't Pastor Jared go do something about that? Man, one service we were going to Pastor Lee's church and there were some people here and, and we've seen it online and it was very distracting. Know this, if there's any a time that there is one person that all the attention is on them, then you better know that that's not the Lord. Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. So if there's anybody in a service that is getting all the attention, I'm not talking about the pastor or the evangelist or the worship team. Even what I say tonight, better lift Christ up. If not, you better get rid of me. Amen. If, if Brother Russell was leading us into something that's not bringing attention to him instead of Christ, then we need to get rid of the worship team. Amen. So we're here to lift up Christ. So know this, when I, when I say some things, I'm not pointing out people because these people aren't our enemy, okay? What is in them is trying to come against the working of the Holy Spirit. But as pastor, it is my responsibility if God would allow me the opportunity to sit with these people. Some of these people may not even know that they're under influence of Satan. And so pray that God would teach us, amen? Because what is the heart of Jesus? That that none be lost, that we be free, amen? And so we're going to look at some of these things tonight, amen? So y'all just bear with me. I've got a lot to say at 7 o'clock. I'll try to hurry, all right? So I'm not going to try to cram everything in, I don't think, in one night. Um, but I do think that there are some things that are imperative that we need to hear tonight, okay? So Acts chapter 16, um, I want to read here, and this just get, keeps coming to my mind. And so... Um, Verse 16 of chapter 16 of the book of Acts Says and it came to pass as we went to prayer We could just stop right there And not do anything else but just say They were going to pray and here come the enemy Amen As they went to pray What happened very next A certain damsel, that means a young girl Possessed with a spirit of divination She was a fortune teller Okay she was a fortune teller. And let me just say this tonight. I, I'm just going to say some things that as I've been in prayer, um, I don't really have like a, a bunch of things just tied together. I just want to say there, there is an older generation that are saying that it's the younger generation's fault of why the church is where it is. Well, as I was in prayer, Mati, the Lord told me, not only do you need to watch out for the younger, but you need to watch out for the older because 1 Kings chapter 13 speaks about an old prophet. Speaks about an old prophet. And the old prophet came to the man that the man, God told the man that was hearing from God at the altar and said, don't go eat bread and don't go drink no water. Well, when the old prophet came by, God didn't tell him. He said, an angel sent me to you. Let me tell you this. If anybody tells you an angel or somebody else sent them, you better better know. (laughs) Amen? So listen to me. Now we're looking at a young girl that was possessed by the devil And let me tell you what, both of them produced death. So it's not the younger generation's fault. Let me tell you, the enemy can use the young and the old. And so you have to be careful with old religion, old routines, an old prophet, because the old prophet came to the man of God that heard from God, and the old prophet said, the angel sent me and told me to invite you to my house. And what did he do? He gave him bread and water, the very things that God told him not to have. Read it for yourself. 1 Kings 13. So the enemy can use whoever. He can use every generation to try to come against the working of the Lord. Amen. So we see a young woman, a damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation." And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour, and when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them into the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city." Now, let me just say this very quickly. When you begin to deal with the devil, you better know what's going to cause an uproar in the community and in the streets. There's a kingdom that is losing authority and power, a kingdom of darkness that is mad whenever they begin to lose those that they've had bound and that they use for a profit for selves. So be prepared for there to be an uproar of the kingdom of darkness. Don't think that the enemy does not, I'm telling you, hell hates this church. And hell hates the fact that you're in this church. So don't be surprised when you come to GFCC and you start fighting things that you've never fought before in any other church even. Amen? I don't say that in a prideful way. I'm just telling you a reality of what so many people have said. Brooke Johns came to me, what, two years ago and said, please start a new beginner's class and tell people they're going to fight hell if they come to this church. She said, they really don't understand. You know, I didn't say that. You told me that. And then there's been a multitude of other people that have said the same thing. Here is a picture of that. Paul and Silas dealing with the devil on their way to pray, and they got tired of this little jabbering woman full of the devil, a fortune teller. Boy, you talk about familiar spirits. A lot of us wouldn't know if that's God or the devil. Huh. Why wouldn't we? Because she's saying these men are talking about the most high God that you can be saved. Boy, that buys a lot of church members right there. Boy, they're talking about the Lord. Huh. And you know, what do you do? You run to her because she's preaching at every revival in the city nearby and she'll tell you your future. We don't look to God any longer. We look to man to give us a word. And if I don't get a word from somebody, then what? I'm going to pack my bags and go somewhere else. Amen? I've heard that. People has left this church. People didn't get what they wanted to hear here. And so they went to the pastor down the road. I promise you. Went down the pastor down the road. He gave them permission to keep taking the medicine that was hindering hindering things about them. And came back here and said, all right, now we're okay. (laughs) I got the word I needed. But this is where I like going to church. I'm telling you, not every, just because people are, are, are with you don't mean they're for you. There was 400 men that were with David and them 400, there some of them 400 men looked at David and said, hey, them 200 men don't deserve anything. Just because somebody's with you don't mean they're for you. Amen. I can promise you about 12, there's a Judas. 12 more, there's a Judas. Amen. And, and so we have to know this. Amen. You, we can't be deceived. And let me say this, Charles Spurgeon said... That discernment is not knowing right from wrong, but discernment is knowing right and almost right. It's not knowing right and wrong. Right and wrong's is easy to know. But can you know right and almost right? Amen. So that's where God is bringing us to. He's narrowing us down to having a spirit of discernment. And that, what is that discernment in this hour? To know right and almost right. Amen. And so here's this woman. I mean, a lot of people would call her a prophet and make her that and give her a card and put their church's stamp of approval on her life. So listen, when you begin to deal with the devil, there's going to be an uproar. Amen. There's going to be trouble. Do exceedingly trouble our city. No, they're not. They're just dealing with the devil. Amen. Here's what happened in verse 22. And the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. We know the rest of the story. They were cast into prison. But thank God on the other side of that, people were saved. And the spirit of divination is a python spirit. It is a python spirit. We'll get there in a minute. Amen. We'll look at it in a minute. Now turn with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 28. We have to know our enemy. Amen. We must know our enemy. We must know what he is about. Hallelujah. Say amen if you're there. Let's start in verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, and the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Now let me say this. The first thing you got to know about Satan is he is a created being. He is created, all right? What did he say? That thou was created, all right? He is a created being. He has not always been. He was created, so that, that's what gives us authority over him, amen? We were all created, amen? But here's the thing. Satan is under our feet, amen? Satan is under our feet. He's only a created being. We'll, we'll look at this in just a minute. Listen to this, though. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. That was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked upon and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created. There he is saying again, he's a created being. Say, Satan is a created being. Till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Somebody say, Satan is beautiful. Listen to this. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground, and I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuary by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. I shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. He's nothing but ashes. He's a created being. He's under our feet. But yet we let him rule and reign over our lives so often. We give place to the devil all the time in a service, in our lives, in our marriages, in our children. We sit back. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror and never shalt thou be anymore. Now just stay with me. Let me read to you Revelation chapter 12. Verse 4, and here's what it says, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. One third of the angels came down with Satan. So let me just say this just a minute. The first thing I want to tell you is that Satan is deceptive. The word deception means the action of deceiving. So that means that whenever Satan is moving, then, then he is deceptive in his actions. And so, can I tell you that Satan does move? Amen? Satan does move. What did he say to Job? Where did you come from? Where did he say to and fro? I've been going to and fro. Can I tell you, Satan is on the move. Satan moves, amen. We say we had a move of God. Can I tell you, there's devil worshipers that we had a move of Satan. Oh. Huh. Amen. amen. They probably slaughtered children. They probably ate one another and they said we had a move of Satan. They probably killed themselves. They killed one another. They had a move of the devil. Can I tell you, he's moving to and fro. Amen. And a lot of us are in the middle of a move of Satan and we don't even know it sometimes. We just let him have his way, free reign. We just sit back and say, here you go, devil, have your way. Because a lot of us don't know the reality because we're looking for a devil with little horns and a pitchfork. But here's what we don't know about Satan is that he's powerful. You must be powerful that a third of the angels in heaven will follow you to the earth. That God—that means that he was attractive. He was attractive, amen? Can I tell you that Satan is attractive in the church today? He's not sitting next to you. I'm gonna say it a lot tonight. He's not red. He don't have a tail that looks like the, the devil that you see on television or Hollywood, amen? He don't have a pitchfork sitting right next to you so you can just tell that it's the devil but I'm telling you, the devil is moving to and fro. The devil is powerful. He had to be for a third of the angels to go with him. The second thing I want to tell you is not only is he powerful, he is also beautiful. Satan is beautiful. Is that not what he said? Is that not what he said? He said, because of your beauty. <laughs> so do you think just because he's cast down, now he's the little G God of the world, do you think that that's going to stop him from being beautiful? No, you know what that tells me? He's going to be attractive. So how can Satan move on the earth? Through things that have your attention. Because he's attractive. What got Adam and Eve? They saw the fruit was good. So how does the enemy come many times? We're so shallow spiritually that the moment we see something that may have the appearance of good or God, we jump to it and say that it's God. And so Satan is attractive. He's beautiful. Amen. Now he's really not, but he has the appearance of. Amen. And so what does the Bible say? Could it say the opposite of Jesus? He said there was no comeliness to me. (laughs) Now I don't know. I mean, I'm not very, I'm not a theologian and I'm not very spiritual. But is that not what the word says? He said there was nothing good in me. He said there was nothing beautiful or attractive about me. I mean, he was beat. And when they put him on that cross, you couldn't even tell what he looked like. There was no comeliness to me. So so many people, we look for Jesus to be in something. And how many of us label Satan as being beautiful, but Jesus as having no comeliness to him and not have any attraction to him at all? How many of us are saying that there's things of the devil that that we say is Jesus? Because they have an appearance of being right. Because he's have an appearance of being beautiful. Listen to this. Because he has power. Listen to this. The third thing. Check this out. He's anointed. (laughs) He's anointed. Do you know how there's a lot of worship leaders? Are you with me? There's a lot of worship leaders. There's a lot of preachers in pulpits. There's a lot of people in church pews that are anointed. They are very attractive and very beautiful at what they lift up. And it's all hook, line, and sinker to get you to buy He's anointed. Is that not what the word said? Verse 14, thou art the anointed cherub. He's anointed. Have you ever known somebody? I I knew a guy. He could preach the house down and he was anointed. Rafe, you probably heard him in Okeechobee. He had his whole family that would follow him in ministry. They were all anointed. His children were just singing. I mean, and they were all anointed and they would come and he would preach and I can still remember this man preaching. i would never sat under preaching like that. This guy was anointed and his whole family was anointed. That preacher is in prison for molesting his daughter the whole time he was preaching anointed. And his little girl that he was molesting was singing under the anointing And you would have never known it. How can that be? I can tell you that Satan has a counterfeit for everything that Jesus has. He's got a counterfeit for everything. So back to what Spurgeon said. What is true discernment? Knowing right from wrong, that's easy. But right and almost right. So church, where are we at? If the Lord's entrusted this church, GFCC, To deal with these things, are we in the spirit enough? Are we spending time with God in the secret place? Are we in the word of the Lord? Are we saying, God, sharpen me, refine me, amen? This isn't about us. Can I tell you, coming to church is not about us. It's about building God's body. It's about building the kingdom of God, amen? Listen to this. He knows all about worship. He said this, he said, Your pipes was prepared in thee. Thy tablets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. If there's anybody that knows how to worship, the devil does. (laughs) Why do you think music moves so much? Because it's very soulish. Who started worship? (laughs) Y'all hear me? So listen to me. Thank God we can come in here. Thank God we have Brother Russell on this worship team. But listen to me. You better know what spirit they're operating in. If you don't, you better know what's a right spirit. Amen. The Lord knows what spirit it's in. Just because it's Russell and you love Russell, just because it's your mama or your daddy or your daughter, you better know what spirit they're operating in. <laughs> and just because they got a good gift, don't mean they're anointed by God. And just because they can move your soulless heartstrings don't mean that they're right by God. I can tell you Pastor Lee told us a long time ago. He said 95% of church problems and church split start on the platform through worship leaders. Because worship people pull on heartstrings more than the preaching of the word because the word deals with the heart. We're moved in the soulless realm by worship. And so, boy, you have to deal with a worship person. And guess who gets mad? Everybody out there. I can't believe they took them down. That's because you don't know the word of God. You're not in tune with the Holy Ghost. If you knew what was in this worshiper and if you knew who was behind it, then you'd want to sit them down too. Amen? Listen to this. The fifth thing that I want to tell you about Satan. Verse 16, the bottom of it. He said, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Do you know what that's saying? That he was in the presence and the fire of God. If you think you know anything about the presence of God, we don't know nothing. This Satan was walking in the very presence and the fire of God himself. So if you don't think that the enemy does not know how to navigate right in the middle of the presence of God, you got another thing coming. You think just because the Holy Ghost has fallen down in this service that it's impossible for that serpent to crawl right up in here and point out a tree to you and say, don't that look pleasing to the eye and be good for the belly? Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. Satan was there before Adam and Eve was ever there. He said he was in the Garden of Eden, in the perfection of God. He was there. And in the perfect presence of God, Adam and Eve was there, not a stitch of clothes on because there was no shame. Who came right up in the middle of that and messed it all up? The serpent. You better know that he'll do the same thing here. Church, hear me tonight. I didn't come to preach a message. I came to prepare people. Because God is dealing with me deeply about these things. It's no coincidences. Just because somebody comes up in here talking in tongues don't mean it's a right tongue. Just because somebody comes up in here and gives a message in tongues don't mean that it's a right message in tongues. Just because somebody comes up in here and says that they can do something don't mean that it's a right spirit in what they can do. Nehemiah building them walls the wrong people came to him and said we're here to help I can tell you as we build this new church I can tell you Satan is going to send people and say hey we're here to help I can tell you you better know we better know We better know. Nehemiah said, no, no, no. I don't need your help. I don't need your help. I know where you come from. I know what spirit you are. They were here to help. Now, that's easy to know right from wrong in that moment. If it looked like a devil with a pitchfork come up there and said, hey, I'm ready to help you. No, these men said, hey, we were sent here to help you. That old prophet said, the angel of the Lord told me to come to you. That's right and almost right, church. I'm telling you, we better wake up. That old prophet probably was a right prophet at one time. He knew exactly how to work his way in there. Let me say this. For somebody to operate in a gift, they don't have to be right with God. Is that right? Is that what the Bible says? Because the gifts and the call of God are what? Without repentance. So somebody can come up in here and give a message in tongues and they be wrong, but Jesus still be right. (laughs) Jesus told me today, he said, don't I have the right to break through anything that the devil says in a lie and rise up and speak truth? (laughs) Let the devil give a message in tongues. Jesus will give the right interpretation in tongues. (laughs) He told me today, he said, did I not break the law? Listen to me. I just lost some of you. <laughs> John chapter 8. They said the law said to stone her. And what did Jesus say? Well, you who is without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> did not Jesus, whenever they said, who can you heal on the Sabbath day? The man with the withered hand? And Jesus said, what, I can't heal nobody on the Sabbath day? And he said to the man with the withered hand, he said, stand up right in the middle of them and stretch forth thine hand. <laughs> what happened? What happened? He went against what the law said. Now, does Jesus break the law? No. Jesus is the law. He came to fulfill it. And so Jesus is going to fulfill anything that the enemy tries to bring in this house. Jesus is going to rise above that. But how is he, he going to do that? He's going to do it through vessels that are willing to obey God. So here's what I'm saying. Can the pastor always be the one to rise up against the devil? I'm asking you a question. No. We have to, right? As a body, right? These vessels need to be filled up. Why do you need to be filled up? I'm telling you more now than ever, vessels, you need to be filled up. Pastor Lee challenged us the other day. He said, some of you just woke up and came to church just to come to church. He said, how many of you, and he used Ray for an example. He said, Rafe is going to be the Holy Ghost. He said, how many of you said, Holy Ghost, come with me to church today? And I know that I didn't that morning because Pastor Lee was bringing, so I was just counting on him to bring the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Amen. That's the day that Brother Russell got up there, and he was a mess. He didn't invite the Holy Ghost to come with him either. If he had invited the Holy Ghost to come with him, God would have dealt with him. Amen. Y'all know what I'm saying. We just get in routine of playing church, and so we just get up and go to church. You think that the devil don't know that? You think the devil don't know about all of our routines and we didn't ask the Holy Ghost to come, so he says, now's a great opportunity for me to move right in there and I'm gonna get in the middle of that. You know why? Because the devil's always looking for a space that he can get in. Give no place to the devil. And so he says, they gave place. They didn't invite the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost, I told him to sit down. I left him at the house. I'm gonna go to church. There's a lot of space in between me and the Holy Ghost now. And Satan says, that's right where I want. So imagine... I don't know how many people was here Sunday morning. There's a lot of people in this little church, probably more than ever. So how many of us, I'm talking probably to, to, the, to the fundamental Christians here tonight that would probably be here, and you could say part of the foundation. I know there's more, you know, than would be here right now. But I bet there was probably 20 new people here Sunday morning. These, these new people are probably, I mean, I, told, I reached out to some of them that filled out their cards this week, and I was like, man, I was thinking about you, Brother Chad. I said, boy, if they made it through this Sunday morning, they'll be all- and if they come back, they'll be all right. <laughs> We've had about 20-something new people here, and I said, whoo, what a service. I said, well, I guess if they respond to the text I sent out, then uh, we'll be all right. <laughs> if they can make it through Sunday morning. A lot happened. Amen. A lot happened in here Sunday morning. And so you just think about that. If there's 20 new people that don't know what we're talking about right now, Who's God counting on to be right and to bring the Holy Ghost with them to church? Because who's to know what these 20 people that are unbelievers and lost, what they're bringing with them? So who's going to be tuned up and sharp and ready to fight war and wage war and spiritual warfare? Amen? And so the first thing that the enemy does is he comes to deceive. Amen? The second thing, am I okay on time? Y'all still good with me? The second thing that he does, he comes to do is he comes to divide. Amen? He comes to divide. Turn back with me to Acts chapter 16. Verse 16, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, immediately who shows up? A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. So the first thing we see right here is that the enemy moves in to divide. Amen. And now look, look at this. A familiar spirit, a spirit of divination or fortune-telling. And the whole community was attracted to this gift. Amen. They were attracted. They were following her. So could you just imagine that here's Paul and Silas. They're going to the place of prayer. Well, here comes this little fortune-telling woman. She knew what was in them. She knew Paul. Paul didn't know her at the moment. He just knew there's this young girl yapping behind me. But Acts 19 verse 15 says, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but who are you? You see, that spirit knew Paul. It knew what was in Paul. And so she, she, she knew, amen. So that devil, listen to me, the devil was attracted to him. I said the devil was attracted to the life that was in Paul. Paul's going to pray. Well, that woman recognizes what's in him and Silas, and what does she do? She goes. Well, here's what she knows. She knows that everybody's giving her attention, and what does she start doing? She starts saying, oh, there's Paul and Silas. They're talking about the God that can save. She's really ministering for them, but she's mocking at the same time. Now, we have to know When people come in this church, just because they're lifting up a voice in that moment, oh, they're preaching about the God that saves. Oh, I've heard good things about that church. Oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? You better know what's inside of people that come. We got to know, not everybody's your friend. Not everybody's your friend, amen? And so listen to this. There are familiar spirits, and if we go back to what Spurgeon said, Spiritual discernment is right and almost right. Familiar spirits, a spirit of divination, fortune telling. would almost sound like a prophet, wouldn't it? We would probably seek a person out like this. Amen? But the divination spirit is a python spirit. Amen? Here's what Perry Stone said in, in, in his Bible. I just want to read this to you very quickly if I can. It says this, the spirit of divination is literally the spirit of the python. In Greek mythology, python was a large serpent acclaimed for predicting the future that dwelt on Mount Parnassus. Anyone who could allegedly predict the future was said to have the spirit of python and dwelling in them. Even the heathen, listen to this, even the heathen understood that fortune tellers were under some type of supernatural influence or spirit of divination. Even the heathen knew. So they're all, she had everybody's attention. Don't you think that when the devil comes up in here, they're trying to get everybody's attention? Let's shift the attention off of Jesus and the things of Christ and get attention on me. We watched that video that one night. That lady sat right here and she was dancing everywhere. Now who had the attention in that service? Did Jesus or did that woman? I'm asking you. So what do we do in that situation? Just let it go. How do we handle it? See, that woman was influenced of the enemy. Everybody's attention was on her. Where was Jesus? I don't know. Everybody's watching this woman dance. Did that dance bring any glory to Jesus? No. No, it didn't bring any glory to Jesus Christ whatsoever. That thing was demonic. That thing was demonic. The only other time I've seen somebody move like that, me and Brother Lamont were preaching in a prison in Columbia, and we laid hands on this woman, and she went all the way back, didn't she? She contorted. She was straight up, and her back and her head went all the way back, and her head touched the ground behind us, and I went down praying with her, and she shot up. Me and Brother Lamont, he's a strong man, and she shot up like we wasn't even there, and just came back. You, don't, you can't tell me that ain't a serpent. I mean, who moves like that? Who moves like this girl? Now, she may be watching. I'm, she's not my enemy. I'm not talking about her. But I'm telling you, the influence is in her. Amen. This little fortune telling girl, what she didn't know was she's getting close to Jesus. Jesus fixing to deal with that spirit. You're not, you're not going to tell the future any longer. You're fixing to be free, sister, and you don't even know it yet. Amen. You see, she wasn't Paul's enemy. What was in her was. Amen. She, she, she wasn't Paul's enemy. But what was in her was. This woman is not my enemy. She's not this church's enemy. Apparently she's here for a reason. She may have been sent by the devil. But what is our responsibility as the church? It's to, it's to walk in the authority and the love. What is the greatest? What is going to win her? Not your gifting, not your ability, not your confrontation, but the love of God is. So what do we do? What do we do? Here's what the enemy does. He tries to get me to operate in my giftings and my anointings prematurely. Does he not do that? So he tries to get me to move in my giftings and my anointings prematurely. How long did this woman turn behind Paul and Silas yapping? How many? Five days. Three or five, right? Does it say five, sister? Many days, many days. So what if here here we are, here we are, all spiritual. Whew, well, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna go lay hands on her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could be premature. There's no anointing on your life to deal with that devil. You're just gonna do that in your flesh. Now listen to me, I'm not telling you to do that because the anointing. you need the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. There is a breaker anointing. Amen. The Bible talks about the breaker that comes. There is a breaker anointing. There is the anointing that breaks the yoke. And so even Paul and Silas knew we're going to pray. This this devil's in this little fortune telling girl. She's just a little girl. Surely Paul could have dealt with her anyway. Amen. She's smaller than he is. He's confrontational. He's not afraid to confront that enemy. Not at all. But he knows his surroundings He knows there's fixing to be an enemy to fight. Paul knows if I deal with that, I'm fixing to face a lot more than just her. And am I ready for that? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Amen. But then there came a day that he had enough and he turned to that devil and he said, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, the enemy always tries to get us to move prematurely in our giftings and our anointings. If Paul would have moved prematurely, would anything have happened? Probably not. The same thing, look to Matthew chapter 4 verse 3. Satan said to Jesus, Jesus, you've been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. I know you got to be hungry. So you see this stone right here? Why don't you just turn it into bread and just eat? And so what was Satan trying to do? He was trying to get Jesus to move in his gifting and anointing and who he was as the son of God. Amen? Wouldn't that have been a move? Wouldn't it have been more miraculous? Amen? Wouldn't it have been a messianic move and look more like Jesus was moving if Jesus would have turned that stone into bread? (laughs) Are you with me? So, what is discernment? Knowing right from wrong or right from almost right. Just because you have authority and giftings does not give you the right to operate in that if the anointing of the Holy Ghost is not behind you and God didn't tell you to do it. Does that make sense? And so we have to know, the enemy's always trying to set us up, move prematurely, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And so the the thing came up the other day, all right, Brother Michael, you're going to be the woman, will you do that? Just stand up for a minute. (laughs) So so here was the question, you you can't move like that, we'll just let you stand up. So here was the question, all right, y'all still with me? Are we learning anything? I know I am. So, so so this woman's here, okay? Somebody said, I just wanted to go lay hands on her. And so then I'm thinking, okay, you're gonna go lay hands on her. We're Pentecostal people. I love Pentecost. Anybody else? Y'all know I love Pentecost, so I'm not coming against that. All right, I love Pentecost. But here's the good thing GFC's about. Now, as Pentecostal people, and we love speaking in tongues around who just got more attention, her or us? So if God is not a God of confusion, now who's confused? And the devil said, I got you right where I want you. Keep speaking in tongues. Yeah, 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 yeah. You think she understands what you're doing? Nah, nah. But what if I went and said, hey, sister, can I talk to you for a minute? Because Jesus surely loves you. Now, I'm not getting attention, she's not getting attention, but Jesus is. And now love is the greatest. Is that what the scripture says? Love is the greatest. And now I say, I don't know why you're really dancing that way. Maybe you were a dancer previous, but now you're in God's house. And Jesus just wants you to receive him. Then you start ministering to her heart. And now neither one of you, she's not getting attention confusion's not in the middle of that thing but now you're just ministering in grace and love and so now Jesus wins but as Pentecostal people especially here boy let's run and go lay hands on somebody speaking tongues that ain't how the devil's gonna come out cause you're louder (laughs) he's not gonna come out cause you holler that ain't what brings him out the seven sons of Sceva they were trying to do all that that ain't what brings the devil out of anybody because you can speak in tongues. The devil can speak in tongues. We'll look there in a minute. Wizards and witches can speak in tongues. Amen. That don't make the, the devil come out. But what if just loving somebody? What if you just lay your hands on them? Now there's no confusion. Now that woman knows how much I love her. That woman knows that Jesus is for her. But listen, we don't do that here. Let's go talk outside. Then we just slow things down. Amen. Thank you. You did good at that. (laughs) Does that make sense? But us as people, and as GF, because, man, the Holy Ghost gets moving around here at times. It's strong. Amen. It just does. And it just pulls it out of you. Amen. It just pulls it out of you. And that's okay. But what is God doing? He's maturing us. He's maturing us. Amen. I can tell you sometimes people don't need me to speak in tongues over them. Sometimes somebody don't need me to prophesy over them. I, I appreciate all the gifts. Sometimes somebody just needs me to go tell them I love them. And I'm here for you. And if you need anything, I'm here. Sometimes that goes a long way. Now if the Holy Ghost gives you, you better obey God. I, I come to encourage the gifts tonight. I did. Amen. Y'all still with me? So... So so we we have to know, we have to know that the enemy is capable of spurring us on to move and operate in our giftings and anointings prematurely. And it could cause more damage in the end than it did good. What if Jesus would have turned the stone into bread and ate? That was the very beginning of his ministry. When does the enemy move on us when we're premature? (laughs) Amen? And so what does the enemy try to do? He would love for us to get all messed up. He would, the enemy would love for to send these people that are coming here for help. And we're so young and immature that we just run everybody off. That we scare everybody. I don't know about that. Amen. We just run and just grab them and yeah, start speaking in tongues. to them. They're like, oh, my God. We talk to them 100 miles an hour. Sound like an F-16 flying by speaking in tongues in their ear and they don't even know Jesus. Do you think they're going to know that? They're going to say, man, is he angry at me? And that what the scripture says. If I walk in and everybody's speaking in tongues loudly and it's out of order, are they going to say, are they angry? Yeah. They were, okay. And I wasn't here. So they were all speaking in tongues. <laughs> What's the sir? A-tongue. Hey, so we'll look here in just a minute, okay? Familiar spirits. Familiar spirits. And so wouldn't it be just like then? Well, speaking in tongues, it'll keep everybody off of me. Keep them at bay. Well, that's the way we worship. (laughs) No, there's one way to worship. If you worship Jesus, there's going to be reverence in that worship. Now, sometimes you may run, but you better know when the Holy Ghost moves on me to run, I'm going to run reverently. (laughs) If he tells me to dance, I'm going to dance reverently. Amen? You're gonna know it's the Holy Ghost. Amen? But here's the thing. You know when it's the Holy Ghost and when it ain't. <laughs> if I run in the Holy Ghost, you're gonna know it's the Holy Ghost because it's probably gonna hit you, too. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Because if I run in the Holy Ghost, it's contagious. And it may make you want to run, too. If I march in the Holy Ghost, it's probably gonna be contagious. You're gonna want to march, too. Amen? That, you know what I'm saying? And so you know when something's right and when something's wrong. You just do. But now we're narrowing things down. We're right and almost right. Familiar. I looked up the word familiar. It means this. It, mean, it means well-known from long or close association, in close friendship or intimate. That's familiar. So it can be so close, so close. that, Man, without the Holy Ghost, you don't even know if it's right or wrong. And so think about this. Uh, Verse 17 said this woman was was hollering and here's what she was saying. The same followed Paul and us and cried saying, these men are the servants of the most high God which show unto us the way of salvation. Show unto us. Did you hear that? She's acting like a believer. (laughs) Read it good. Somebody read it for me so I'm not the only one. I don't want to lead somebody away. Was it say, Carly? Verse 17. She knew who their God was. And she said, They show unto us the way of salvation. But she wasn't looking for salvation. She was trying to distract them with a familiar spirit and trying to get the heathens that knew the authority in her to get. <laughs> The heathen around them and in that whole city knew what was in her. Amen? Here's what I want to tell you. Because here's something about that spirit and the familiar spirit. The first thing is it's powerful. The first thing you got to know about this spirit of divination, fortune telling, or familiar spirit, period, is it's a powerful spirit. How do you know it's powerful, Pastor? Because I'm telling you, that's what it says. A python spirit was a large serpent. And if even the heathen knew or understood that fortune tellers were under some type of supernatural influence or spirit of divination. I can tell you just because it's a wrong spirit don't mean it's not a powerful spirit. (laughs) If you can tell somebody's future, there's something powerful and supernatural behind it. (laughs) Amen? So what I know about the familiar spirit is number one, it's powerful, a python spirit. You get a python spirit around you, it's going to be hard to get it off of you. It's going to choke the life out of you little by little. Amen. The second thing is the familiar spirit and this spirit that I'm talking about is profitable. It's profitable. Is that not what the scripture says here? Amen. Listen to what it says. And when Verse 19, And when her master saw that the hope of of their gains was gone this spirit is profitable not only to man but to Satan it's a spirit that's profitable and so what's going to happen when the enemy starts losing people that are under the influence of demonic spirits and they start getting right with God and start getting born again and the enemy and the enemy starts losing them what's going to happen They're a prophet for the kingdom of darkness. And so when Jesus starts saving these and setting them free, you better know there's going to be an uproar because these people are a prophet to the kingdom of darkness. Bubba, you being here and being on this property, hell is mad. Did you? I mean, you wrote a suicide letter a month ago before you came in the service on a Wednesday night. Satan thought he had you. And now you're working on a house where babies are going to be able to come stay when mamas go to prison. (laughs) Amen. Hell lost. Hell lost. But you were a prophet in the kingdom of darkness. P-R-O-F-I-T. Amen. All of us were. Hell hates this church. Now listen to me. Am I saying tone the church down? No. No. I believe it has to be at the level that it is. The anointing of God here has to be at the level of that that it is in the Holy Ghost. It has to be. For Chad, for Chad, Todd, and Brenda to be here, it's gotta be that way, don't it? For Jared Jenkins to be here, it's gotta be that way. For Trevor and Ariana to be, it's gotta be that way. For all of us to be here, it's gotta be this way. Because it draws you. The Holy Ghost draws you. You can't stay in the world and be here. It's going to cause you and bring you to a place and point of decision. And so I'm not trying to tone anything down, but what I am doing is trying to mature our body because there is going to come people that are full of these spirits. They're already coming. Amen. Am I making sense? Uh, I don't know where my phone went, I'm seeing what time it was. Okay, ma'am. Okay. Listen, the third thing is powerful, it's profitable. Check this out. And it's popular. It's popular. It's popular to have a familiar spirit. It's popular to be lukewarm. I said it's popular. It's popular to have premarital sex, shack up, save electricity and water at the same time. (laughs) Hey, <laughs> Just saying Telling you for a friend <laughs> And that sounds sound like something somebody put on Facebook Biblically can I do this Asking for a friend No you're not you're asking for you You're trying to justify your sin No it's not okay But we live in a day and a time Where we call good evil and evil good it's popular to live lukewarm, Brother Michael. It's popular to live with one foot in and one foot out. I love what y'all said the other day. Some, one of y'all shared the other day that holiness used to be a threat to hell, but now holiness is a threat to the church. Woo. My God, that was truth right on. Amen. So it's popular to have a familiar spirit and it's popular to sow discord amongst God's people in the church. It's popular. Go somewhere where there's unity and power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Boy, that's unfamiliar. (laughs) Because we like familiar. Amen? We like to kind of ride the fence. I like to kind of justify these little things because that way I don't have to really sell all the way out. Did he really mean pick up the cross? No, I just want Christ. I don't want the cross. I don't want the nasty stuff. I just want the glory. I just want the benefits of salvation. But I don't want to have to die to nothing. I don't want to have to give up anything. I don't want this life, like Jesus said, this life is no longer your own. Well, I don't want that salvation. I want my life and his life. Can I have both? No, you can't. You're either in or out. Amen. But it's popular to live and be filled with a familiar spirit. It's popular to have a tongue, but not be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We like that. Amen. And so how do you say it's popular? Well, the Bible says this. It says, and when her masters saw the hope of their gain was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. Why would they have done that? Because in the marketplace was where everybody was. And everybody in the marketplace knew the prophet that came through this woman's life. Because they all had benefits from her life in the marketplace and brought them to the magistrates, the higher ups now. It's popular not only in the marketplace, but now to the magistrates. <laughs> Am I making sense? You see, this spirit's worked its way up to the government. <laughs> it's moved from the marketplace to the magistrates. Amen? That's why you better get out and vote for the Word of God. Amen? Because it's moved from the marketplace to the magistrates. Amen. Then listen to this. What he goes on to say. Here's what he says. He goes from the marketplace to the magistrates. The men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. Now, Now Jesus is affecting their whole city. Woo. Now this thing that's popular is now losing ground. Then it goes on to say, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. Listen to this. And the multitude rose up. So here's what I want to say. It moved from the marketplace to the magistrates to the multitude. You can't tell me that this familiar spirit wasn't powerful, that it wasn't popular, and that it wasn't profitable. I can tell you Satan knows how to send that spirit in this house. And we better know it. We better know it. Amen? So, listen, just very quickly, I'm going to try to hurry up here. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19. Familiar spirits. Satan has a counterfeit for everything. That Jesus has, and here's what I've seen: an influx of recently is witchcraft. I believe there are more people dealing in the spirit of witchcraft, dealing in Ouija boards, tarot cards, fortune telling, uh, Wicca. We could go on and on and on. Maybe some of you have that right now in your homes, in your closets, in your cars. You're dealing with the devil. If you do. I've seen an influx of that. And I was just told tonight of some people that were talking about it. And they came one night and the Holy Ghost put his finger on that. And I was telling David Owens the other day, I said, I've never seen an influx of witchcraft and the demonic and sorcery and the spirit behind that pharmakia more greater than I ever have right now. And Brother David just said, God's trusted your church with that to deal with it. And so it's my responsibility as your pastor to come and prepare our hearts for this. And so Saturday, I was late to getting here for the teaching and I was, ran over, BB had a flat tire. And I heard these words and so I looked up this scripture and then Sunday night we dealt with this. Listen to this. I think that I'm at, okay. Isaiah 8, I was at 7, 19. And when they say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits. And unto wizards, witches, that do what? Peep and murder, mutter. What could you say that sounds a mimic of? Tongues. Have you ever heard somebody that speaks in an unknown tongue but you just knew it wasn't right? It's a familiar spirit and people tap into these things and witches and wizards and these familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and mutter should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead. People that would seek the people that are dead to try to bring them back. Can I tell you there's power in those things that we do. It's demonic. And so here is wizards and witches that peep and mutter. And so do you not think that the devil won't send somebody right up in here to peep and mutter right in our midst? And many of us will put a check on it and say, boy, that's the Holy Ghost. But they're a wizard or a witch the whole time. And so Sunday night in the service I, I became very troubled and I didn't make a show out of anything. I'm just telling you reality. I was here and I've asked permission from Tyler. David's in the nursery, so he said I could throw him under the bus. But this came up in our meeting, and it's very, very we, we need this, okay? I'm not I'm not this isn't funny. Um it's very serious, and so I just heard something that didn't settle in my spirit at all, at all. And I'm sure it didn't you. And so I came to clear the air tonight. I'm sure it didn't settle with some of you. It sounded demonic. I didn't go blah, 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 blah. I just went and simply laid my head and I said, shh, worship Jesus only. And the person just fell and began to worship. Because we just have to make it back to the focal point About Jesus And he's the only one that matters Just say Jesus You don't have to get loud Just say shh And if Jesus is in you His authority is in you We just have to rise above that in that moment Don't sit back and say what do I do Just do it Move in the Holy Ghost Shh. That thing has to obey because the spirit in us is greater. And so then, Tyla's here. Tyla's never gave a message in tongues. Tyla's never operated in the gifts in this manner. Okay? I'm not sitting here trying to say, Oh, everybody just... No. There was a real battle going on in Tyla's life. Because she's never gave a message in tongues. So Tyla's here. And I, 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 I don't say this super spiritual, but you just know, I knew Tyla had the message in tongues. Dana came to me later and said, I knew I almost went and laid hands on Tyler. Get that thing out of you, you know. It's hard to obey the Lord. It just is. I obeyed the Lord and gave a message in tongues at Central one time during a camp meeting. I was on the front row and Don Brinkle was preaching and I gave a message in tongues. And guess what, Brother Trevor? Not nary person interpreted it. (laughs) At camp meeting, Brother Clendon and alive and was there and Duke Downs and Don Brinkle Boy you talk about feeling I'm on the front row full of zeal and I got up woo. <laughs> I said well I think I'll sit back down <laughs> So I understand But you know how that came about I was at a funeral at New Smyrna Joey and Johnny Whitaker's mother died And I was sitting on a row And there was nobody there but Baptist people And I just got filled with the Holy Ghost And man Brother Mike White was preaching, and that man's anointed. And he was preaching about the alabaster box, and I felt the Holy Ghost. I was squirming in my seat, and the Holy Ghost said, you're going to give a message in tongues. And I said, I'm not giving a message in tongues with all these people. We're at a funeral. You don't give messages in tongues at a funeral. And all these people, I mean, I just got filled. They already think I'm nuts anyway. They all think I'm nuts. And I said, I'm right in the middle of them, and I'm squirming. I mean, I'm like, ee, and the Holy Ghost said, give a message in tongues. I never gave the message in tongues. And I was shoeing horses at the time. And about a week later, I went to Johnny's house to shoe his daughter's horses. And Joey came up, and I said, i got to get right with both of you men. I said, I miss God at your mama's funeral. I said, I was supposed to give a message in tongues, man. Both them men began to cry. They said, I knew there was one thing that was missing. There was one thing that was missing in mama's funeral. And I said, I missed it. I didn't give the message in tongues. And there wasn't a message in tongues, but I knew <laughs> that I should have. And so I said, God, just give me another chance. Well, He didn't for about six months, and I thought the gift was gone. I never had the until Central Pentecostal at camp meeting <laughs> on a Thursday night. <laughs> Everybody was there, <laughs> and I'm up front. <laughs> And I, you know what God taught me, though? He said, You didn't need none of them to interpret. I wanted to see if you would do it yeah. since you disobeyed in that funeral. Yeah. And can you be okay that nobody interpreted it, that I told you to do it? <laughs> so, here we are. I know it's real. I know what Tyler went through is real. And so I knew that there was a war going on, and I'm right in the middle of it. There's a war going on. And I didn't know this until Monday at our meeting, David Bryant was there, and David said, I totally miss God. Tyler got quiet. The other tongues came louder. And as that was done, God had told David Bryant, he said, as soon as that's done, give a message in tongues. David said, ain't no way, Lord, I'm giving a message in tongues. And so God was dealing with two people to move in the Holy Ghost, but neither one obeyed God. And so what did it do? It made room. And so what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying when the anointing is upon our life and God has given you gifts and you don't operate in them, then it makes room for the enemy to step up and say, well, if you don't want to, then I will. And so I say this tonight, that listen to me. You can't look at the person. The person is not our enemy. The people are not our enemy. And the gifts and the call of God, again, are what? Without repentance. Right. So, so, so God can allow anything to flow through somebody. Amen? And just because the enemy may speak or somebody may be wrong, here's the thing that we have to trust and know is that Jesus will always combat false with truth. And so the Holy Ghost spoke immediately about familiar spirits and said, I am in your midst, but so is the evil one. And so we have to know that I believe Sunday night was preparation for tonight, and not only tonight, but as we move forward in the grace of God, we have to know that there are familiar spirits among us, and they want our lives. They want this church. But what is our responsibility? Not to avoid these people, but to help them through the spirits and the demonic influence that they that has attached themselves to them. What was Paul's responsibility to this woman? Now it had been many days, but there came a day when the anointing came on and said, Now you deal with that devil. Amen. And now thank God, look at the end result of that. She got free. They got through into prison, but prison wasn't the end result because everybody that was in prison heard Paul and Silas singing praises and the jailer fell down at their feet and said, what must I do to be saved? Now the people that beat them were now washing their wounds and now there's a whole household that got born again. So what is the responsibility? It's to minister to these people. Amen? These people aren't the problem. A little demon-possessed fortune-telling woman allowed a whole house to get saved, a whole prison to get free, doors to be open, a jailer to get born and again, and them that were whipping him were now washing their wounds. Can I tell you, only God can bring good out of a bad circumstance and event. I'm not talking about people tonight in this house. I'm telling you that there's something greater on the inside of us that we have to be willing to love these people through their sin and know that God has entrusted us, GFCC, he's entrusted you and I with these people, and I'm telling you, God is going to keep bringing them. And only our God can, can, can love one through when Satan sends one to distract or disturb. Only our Jesus can say, I've given you love. <laughs> I've trusted you. I can't trust the church down the road. They'll call 911. <laughs> they did that. The ambulance came and towed them out. That woman's just in the altar, wanting to pray, started foaming at the mouth. She needed to get that devil out. And instead they called the ambulance, take her to the hospital. That don't work. We're gonna medicate the devil. Let's just give him a little medication. Let's medicate the demon. Amen. Yeah, just let's add to the witchcraft. Let's just give him a little medication. Amen. Let's just add to the sorcery. Let's just add to it. Let's keep feeding that monster. Amen. Y'all still with me? I'm about to close. So if there's a false tongue, if there's a real tongue, there's a false tongue. Cloven tongues as of fire. Amen. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 says, as of an angel of light. Amen. But who is the light of the world? Jesus. And so if Jesus is the light of the world, you better know that there's an angel, that he will disguise himself as of an angel of light. Amen. Watch out. Amen. somebody said, boy, I was with an angel of light, are you sure? <laughs> Who was you with? Because Satan masquerades himself as that. <laughs> Amen. Satan masquerades himself as that. What does First Peter 5, 8 say? As of a roaring lion. <laughs> Amen, what is Jesus, is the, the line of the tribe of Judah, amen. I said he always is trying to mimic, amen, John 6, 14. They took notice that he was the true prophet. But can I tell you the book of Acts speaks about a false prophet by the name of Bar-Jesus. Boy, just put Jesus in there, ain't not enough to get people to go listen to him preach. <laughs> let's just throw Bar-Jesus, but boy, Jesus is there, so let's go listen to that revival. Let's go. He's probably got a word for us, <laughs> He's probably lay hands on me, and I'll probably get healed. Yeah, what's going to heal you? <laughs> the right spirit or familiar spirit? Amen. He's a false prophet. Amen. I said he's a false prophet. Amen. He's false. The battle isn't flesh and blood. The people aren't the the people aren't the devil, or our enemy. Our God's heart is that none perish, but that all receive eternal life. So although they may be a hindrance, they are there. So that they can be saved and delivered. Amen. They are here so that they can be saved and delivered. Amen. Satan has gifts also. So just because somebody comes in the church with gifts, don't mean they're right with God. Satan had gifts. Amen. Judas was a devil. Amen. And he had silver and betrayed Jesus over the silver. Amen. I've said this. Satan tries to tempt us to operate in our giftings and anointings prematurely. So our failure will benefit his kingdom. Listen to this. Can Jesus speak right after even Satan has spoken wrong? Can Jesus speak right even after Satan has spoken wrong? Don't let that confuse you. Just know Jesus spoke, and it's the truth. Amen? Don't be confused. John 8, the law says stone. Jesus said, you who is without sin cast the first stone. They dropped the stones and walked away. Amen? Can Jesus break past the law for his grace to be heard? Sure he can. He healed on the Sabbath. He touched the leper. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. And the law said, don't do none of them. Amen. You can't do none of them. Listen to this. Did Jesus not break the law of destruction? We were all born into sin. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10. But it was what Jesus did. I've come to have life. <laughs> he broke the law of destruction. Amen. Did not Jesus break the law of division? When he hung on the cross and two thieves were on each side, one thief died and went to hell, the other thief He looked at Jesus and he just remembered Jesus that day. What did Jesus say to him? He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus broke the law of division, amen. Did Jesus not break the law of division also and distractions when distance? He said, I'm sorry, division, forgive them for they know not what they say. They know not what they do, amen. He broke that law. He broke the law of distance and I love this. He broke the law of death the third day. Where is he? He was risen. Where, O death, is your sting? Jesus broke the law of death. Amen? He broke the law of distance. He broke the law of division. And he broke the law of destruction. Amen? He broke all of them. And I love this. Last but not least, he broke the law of gravity. Because when Jesus... (laughs) Hey! I said he broke the law of gravity. Amen. Because whenever he comes back for a bride, I promise you this old world ain't going to keep us down. Amen. I said it didn't keep him down. They went and stooped down and looked in the tomb. They said what are you looking for? Why you look v, for the living among the dead. He's not here but he's risen. I come to tell somebody tonight in this house, church, we're not going to let the devil keep us down. We're not going to let familiar spirits lead us astray. We're not going to be swayed by anything that the devil's brought our way. I said, said, my God, my Jesus has broke the law of destruction and death and division, but oh, he broke the law of gravity and you and I are gonna be lifted up when the trump of God shall sail. Hallelujah. Woo. Man, he gave me that. I was about ready to run around my house today. Woo. I couldn't hardly sit still. I was ready to run to church. Amen. He said, I broke all them laws. Amen. Lastly, are you going to play, Brother Ray? Hallelujah. He's a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe. Amen. 1 John 3, eight. 1 John 3.8. We just have to know. We said a lot of things, and I wasn't lifting the devil up. We just need to know our enemy. I'm not putting any people down. But no, no, we want people here. Amen. We just have to know our enemy. First John 3, 8 says this. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Amen. He's a defeated foe. Amen, we've defeated him. Jesus defeated him and so now me and you have to defeat him. We've been made overcomers. Listen to this. We have to rise up and trust that our God is moving upon us to operate in our anointings. Nathan Middleton wrote something on his Facebook God had gave him. He said, David, Samson, and Daniel, all three faced lions, but they all three defeated them according to their own anointing. (laughs) That's powerful. They didn't defeat them lions the same manner and the same way. And so your anointing and the way you move is going to be different than mine. Your vessel is going to look different than mine. But listen to me this is a picture of the church. What's in you is what matters. Get it out. Amen. Just get it out. Don't worry about what you look like. Don't worry about how if you're full. Just be used of God. Amen. Just be used of God. Listen to this as we close. Satan knows the principle of God better than us. (laughs) While you sleep, who comes? The sower. When the church goes to sleep, the sower's going to come and start sowing seed. Can I tell you, whenever the church don't sow seed spiritually, financially, <laughs> when you don't pay tithes, guess who's going who's, to who's come and sow? <laughs> Amen. The devil's going to come. While we sleep, while the church sleeps, we can sit back and not make a big deal of what's going on here. Right? Well, that woman, danced, well, just let it be. Well, while you sleep and let those things go on, Satan's sowing. <laughs> well, there's one right now, but you just wait. There'll be ten in a year. You don't deal with the dung, they'll multiply. Because when you sleep, the sower's gonna sow. You see, Satan knows the principles of God greater than a lot of church people do. (laughs) Satan knows when to sow. Does the church know when to sow? Satan knows how to sow them tares. And here's what happens. Tares grow faster than wheat. (laughs) And so what do the tares do? They draw attention away from the real fruit. Satan knows the principles of God. So listen to me tonight, church. Brother Sanchez said this the other day. He said, as the pastor of that church, he said, Jared, he said, your sowing determines the harvest. What you sow determines the harvest. You tell that church to sow into the world, then that church is going to reach a worldwide anointing. He said, but if all you do is lead your church just to sow what they do every Sunday, then that's all they'll ever know. He said, what you sow, he said, determines the harvest that you'll reap. He said, that farmer always knows what's going to come up when he plants it. He said, he always knows if there's peanuts there, peanuts are coming. If there's oranges here, oranges are coming. If there's apples here, then apples are coming. He said, the sower always knows what his harvest is going to be because of what he put in the ground. And I can promise you this, church, we're going to sow greater. We're going to reap greater. The harvest is going to be more. Don't you dare let the devil out you. Don't you dare let the devil know the principles of God greater than what you know. Don't you, don't you dare let the devil out you spiritually, financially, and relationally. If you see somebody new in this church, reach out to them. Go to them and get their phone number. I can't get everybody's phone number. I would love to. But we're getting bigger now. There's things going on now. I need your help. I'm begging for your help. Because people need what you have to offer them. I can promise you the pastor don't have all the answers. I can promise you what this person's got probably is going to minister to what this person has. Greater than anybody. Amen? Greater than anybody. And so Satan knows the principles of God better than most of us. So while we sleep, he sows. Don't let Satan sow more than you. Let me ask you this tonight. What are you investing in? Are you investing in Jesus spiritually in your quiet time? Are you investing financially? Are you sowing the seed to tithe and to offer? Are you sowing relationally into anybody else's life? We've been made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us in your word. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us, strengthen us, and help us, Lord. Uphold us, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would awaken us in our minds and in our spirits, God. Because the enemy has come to sow. The enemy has come, but Jesus, you have come to stay. And Lord, let us know that as the book of Nahum said, there's even those that the enemy would send that are emptiers, that have come to empty out the people of God. They never invest anything back, they only take. And so God, I pray that you would just begin to deal with those. Lord, let us begin to sow financially spiritually and relationally into the body of Christ to build your kingdom. Lord, give us wisdom on how to love, when to love and how to operate in our anointing and giftings. Lord, we need all of the gifts, not just the gift of tongues and interpretations, but we need wisdom. We need the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of discernment, God. We need the fruit of the Spirit, God. We need the fruit of the Spirit, not only the gifts of the Spirit, God. Lord, we need your love, Lord. Your love is the greatest of all. We need love, Lord. Just baptize this house of God in love tonight, Lord. Teach us to love God. Teach us to love the unlovable. What does it say about us, Lord, if we love those who are easy to love? What does it say about us if we love those that we like? But, Lord, we can't love the unlovable. Jesus, you apply grace and mercy to that that we can't do on our own. God, strengthen us and help us tonight in this house. If you feel led to come and just pray and ask the Lord to help you, give you wisdom, give discernment between right and almost right, just to pray for the leadership of this house and your life, to pray about what your investment in the kingdom of God in this season is.